0: It's Ray Renati with In The Green Room. And today is Saturday, October 7th, 2017. Guess what, folks? I'm on my own now. There is no more wave radio. Wave radio is kaput. So I have my own station. Woo! It's great. More freedom. More freedom to talk about the entertainment world. And that's what we're going to do today. I have some great stuff for you today. So what do you say we get this shoe... On the road. Hello everyone out there in Green Roomland. How you doing? This is Ray Rodotti and this is my podcast. And you are all the Green Roomers, the Green Roomites, the Green Roomaholics. I saw two great shows this week. The first one, Yerma. It was a play from the young Vic. The Young Vic Theatre in England. And it was through National Theatre Live. National Theatre Live sends plays from various theatres in England to movie theatres all over the world. So I saw the play Yerma, the multi-award winning play Yerma, in the Rialto Theatre in Berkeley, California on a... Uh, Wednesday night I think and it was out of this world and I want to talk about that today and I also saw the touring company the Broadway tour of an American in Paris in San Francisco at the historic Orpheum theater now both of these shows were unique and spectacular in their own ways let me first talk about an American in Paris Now, many of you have probably seen uh, the movie with Gene Kelly and Leslie Caron, Oscar Levant, Georges Goutari, the famous French singer. It features the music of the world-famous geniuses, the Gershwin brothers, and the incredible writing of Alan Lerner. Now, the stage version of An American in Paris is actually derived from the movie this is kind of a thing they're doing now on Broadway is writing stage musicals that started off as movie musicals it started off kind of slow because it it very much focuses on ballet dancing and I have to admit that for me to warm up to ballet takes a little bit but I did and the dancing was flawless beautiful passionate and heart wrenching. The story was the same as the story in the movie. Three guys after one girl, and none of them know that they're after the same girl. And it ended in the second act with this incredible dream ballet sequence. And it was long, and it started off kind of slow, and it built, and it built, and it built. And at the end, the whole audience went berserk. I've never seen an entire audience go crazy over a ballet sequence, but they did huge standing ovation it was amazing amazing great show if you're in San Francisco or in any town that has a Broadway tour of an American in Paris I highly recommend going to see it it's it's an old-fashioned sort of fun romp it's wonderful it's marvelous can you not love that music? That you should care for me. It's awful nice paradise. So what I love to see. Yeah, baby. The Gershwin brothers. Nothing more to say. Geniuses. Now let's talk about Yerma. Wow. How many times can I say Wow. 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 Wow, 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 wow. There's 20 times, I think. Let's talk about the plot of this play. Yerma was originally written by the great Spanish dramatist Federico Lorca. He wrote it in 1934, and it was performed in the same year. Now, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy of the highest caliber. It's about a woman who cannot have children. That's what it's about. And Yerma in Spanish means barren. So she was barren. She wasn't able to have kids. But it was set in 1934 originally by Lorca. It was set in a, I believe, a village somewhere in uh, rural Spain. Now this version is completely modernized. The two main characters are highly successful young Londonites trying to have kids and they can't and things degrade and degrade and degrade until the tragic ending which I won't tell you about in case you see it I don't want to spoil it for you now if you want to see it what you need to do is go to the National Theatre London live website just Google that National Theatre live and They have a whole number of award-winning shows that they show in theaters all across the country. All you have to do is put in your city in the little form and it tells you which theaters near you will be showing the shows from National Theatre Live, the dates, how far it is from your house. This is miraculous. I can go watch London Theater with super high production values half hour from my house almost whenever I want to. I can't tell you how excited I am, it's Wonderful, it's marvelous that I can go see London Theater anytime I want. Thank you, I'll be here all week. Now this version of Yerma, that was produced by the young Vic back in 2016, had an encore performance in July and August of 2017. It was that good. They did it again to, to, to incredible critical uh, acclaim the new version is an adaptation by a young uh, writer and actor named Simon Stone. And he did a great job with this thing. Billy Piper, the extraordinarily talented, beautiful Billy Piper, who many might know from the TV show Penny Dreadful or Doctor Who, played the, the lead role of the, of the woman. Now here's a description of the the play on the website of National Theatre Live. A young woman is driven to the unthinkable by her desperate desire to have a child in Simon Stone's radical production of Lorca's achingly powerful masterpiece. The unmissable theatre phenomena sold out at the Young Vic and critics call it an extraordinary theatrical triumph. That's from the Times of London. And stunning, searing, unmissable... Mail on Sunday, that's a newspaper in London. Billy Piper's lead performance is described as spellbinding, the evening standard, astonishing, iNews, and devastatingly powerful, the Daily Telegraph. I have to say that I absolutely, unequivocally, agree with those statements. Talk about an actress bearing it all, bearing it all completely for every moment on the stage, from... The moment the curtain comes up to the moment the curtains come down, even though there is no curtain. You cannot stop watching her. It's a tour de force performance, tour de force. And everybody, everybody in the play is spot on excellent. As I said, it was directed by Simon Stone. The other actors, the other actors, Maureen Beadle, Brendan Cowell, John McMillan, of course, Billy Piper, Charlotte Randall. And Thalissa txera An extraordinary triumph, says the Times. Billy Piper makes a shattering yearman. Simon Stone's inspired reworking of Lorca, The Observer. Stunning, searing, unmissable. Mail on Sunday. A shatteringly powerful reinvention of a familiar classic, The Independent. Harrowing and astonishingly funny. 100 electrifying minutes, The Sun. Billy Piper is on raw, ferocious, spellbinding form, The Evening Standard. Brutal, 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 yet ferociously funny, Metro. It's true. There was a lot of funny moments in the play, even though it was a horrible tragedy. And you're in tears at the end. There were some very, very funny moments. So the set looked like this. Really cool. There was a big gray carpet in the middle of the stage. Pretty darn big. I'd say 30, 40 feet long, 20, 30 feet wide. Rectangular. The entire stage was surrounded by plexiglass, like like the actors were in a big old fish tank. There were very few props, but the ones that were used, they were used, oh, sparingly and yet so effectively. Like when there was supposed to be in the garden, there was a single tree, and somehow that tree took on a life of its own. When her old boyfriend came visiting on his bicycle, there was a bicycle up against the plexiglass, and he held a water bottle. There was a, a computer, laptop, some papers, and that's it. Very few costume changes, very few props. But it's like the actors were in this fish tank that they could not escape. And it was very symbolic of, of their personalities, of their social interactions. It was as if the play defined the thing that destroyed everyone. They were unable to get out of their fish tank. Billy Piper's character, the woman, could not let go of the fact that she could not have kids. She just could not let go of it. And it brought down her marriage and her life and everything she had. It was so sad. It's so engaging. So engaging. Let's take a. A quick listen to what Billy Piper has to say about this.
1: Very much about a couple who live a very modern life in London, acquiring all the things that people acquire at a certain age. And a woman who, having sort of got everything that she's wanted in her life, this becomes the area that she can't, she can't, she just can't do it, she can't achieve it, she can't get pregnant. And it totally ruins her relationship and ultimately ruins her as a woman.
0: Now, I really like what Brendan Cowell has to say. Brendan Cowell is Billy Piper's co-star in Yerma. And he talks about the effect that this play seems to have on the audience. I think I probably would have said something similar if I were in his position. Take a listen to this.
1: It's the most affecting play on an audience I've ever been a part of. It's about relationships you know, it is about a woman trying to have a baby, but it's about the world in which we live, that age of late 30s, and it's about, you know, the brutality of relationships. It's as much about running out of time, the sense of running out of time, and, and the demise of a beautiful relationship.
0: I really like what Billy Piper has to say there about the running out of time. That's so much from the woman's perspective, and it's so spot on. You get this sense that, you know, the biological clock is ticking as it were, but it's not just ticking like it does for most people. It's like a grandfather clock in her body that won't stop beating and chiming and beating and chiming hour after hour, day after day, year after torturous year. And she does it with such a plum, if I may use that word. You never feel like it's over the top or overdone because she is so grounded and so invested in this story and the feelings and the needs that her character has. Not for one moment are you not sold on the pain and suffering that this poor woman is going through. I know it sounds horrible, but there's a lot of humor in the play, and the timing—the timing. One of the cool things about this play that I loved is the way that they they worked on it was interesting, and and let me comment on it uh, after you take take a quick listen to this clip about the rehearsal process.
1: Simon works in a very unusual way in my opinion (laughs) Um, but now that I've worked his way I don't I don't know how easy it will be to work any other way. It's a huge uh, adventure in trust. We're all in rehearsals, we're talking all day long and quite often it will just be stories, conversations that will then later appear in the text. Everyone starts talking about relationships and talks about the play in a very informal matter but what he's doing is watching everybody and then we kind of map out the original on the wall and then it wasn't until the third or fourth week of a five-week rehearsal that we actually started to get scenes It's a moving feast, it's changing all the time and I think that's probably what he wants and actually that becomes the thing that you want
0: The thing I find very interesting about this is it's so far from the norm in terms of rehearsing a play usually what happens is you get the script you have about uh, three to five weeks, work it out, work out the moments, get it all perfect, put it up four or five weeks later in front of an audience. Now you might sit down for a week or so and do some script analysis, but to spend three weeks actually developing the play without any scenes written, finally getting them two weeks before the show opens, learning all the lines and getting it down into your bones in a couple of weeks before an audience shows up. Now, that's not part of the norm. But ironically, I can understand why it worked for this play. If they were talking about these relationships intimately, and a lot of the lines that he may have written came directly from the actors' mouths as they were discussing this play, It would be natural for the actors to learn the play within a couple of weeks because they may have thought of a lot of the lines on their own. And the writer, Simon Stone, may have just written down a lot of the things that they said and embellished them and made them more interesting so that when they got up to do the play, they kind of knew it already. And now I understand why Billy Piper says... She's not sure that she would want to ever do it any other way. That's probably what she meant. I don't know for sure because uh, the clip is only that long. But I have a feeling that may have been what happened. And that would be very exciting. That would be a very exciting way to work. I personally have never experienced it, but I'd like to. I'd like to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to write a play and direct it that way. I hope so. To dream. To dream. Yes. I love to dream. Sometimes dreams come true. Sometimes they don't. But you know what? They come true more often than you would ever think if you just believe. And I believe. I believe in you. Did I just make that up? I don't know. It's wonderful, it's marvelous that I believe in you. Ah, ah, the Gershwin brothers, the Gershwin brothers in American Paris. Go see it. What else is playing? On National Theatre Live, in a theater, in a movie theater near you. But we have Angels in America, Part One. Millennium approaches. I haven't seen that one yet. I saw. I sought their production of Angels in America Part 2, Perestroika. Four hours and 45 minutes of incredible live theater on a movie screen. Don't miss it, folks. Don't miss it. Then we have Hamlet with Benjamin Cumberbatch. The oh-so-talented and oh-so-popular right now. On screens, both TV and film. We have Jane Eyre, Salome, Rosencrantz, and Guildenstern are dead. The great Tom Stoppard comedy. War Horse. Oh, War Horse. Have you seen War Horse? There's a film Warhorse. There's also a stage play of Warhorse, And it's a very unique and surreal play to watch people operating giant horses as puppets telling an incredible story of the horses in world war 1 amadeus you must have seen that movie amadeus i think it won best picture didn't it i've seen the play the play is just as good or better than the movie peter pan Frankenstein, also with Benjamin Cumberbatch, Obsession, Edward Albee's Who Was Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Twelfth Night by the great William Shakespeare, St. Joan, No Man's Land, I saw No Man's Land with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen a couple years ago at Berkeley Rep. I saw it four times. If you can see that on the big screen, go see it. Hedda Gobbler, Medea, As You Like It, A View from the Bridge. Oh, A View from the Bridge. I directed that last year. It's now my favorite play of Arthur Miller's. Well, Death of a Salesman still is, but A View from the Bridge is a close, close second. Three Penny Opera. <laughs> Love Three Penny Opera. Kurt Weill. Follies. Steven Stephen Sondheim. Follies is one of my top three favorite Stephen Sondheim musicals. That's a must-see for me. Young Marx, One Man, Two Governors. Great comedy. Did an amazing job on Broadway. Ran for many, many months. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, the great Tennessee Williams classic. Julius Caesar. I have never seen Julius Caesar by itself, I saw a company do Julius Caesar and uh, Anthony and Cleopatra together in a cut version when I was at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, which was extraordinary. But I've never seen Julius Caesar on its own. I'd love to. So that's what's playing now at National Theater Live at a movie theater near you. Check it out, it's National Theater. Now it's ntlive.nationaltheatre.org.uk. Just Google National Theatre Live. I highly recommend doing this. You get to see first rate British theatre with excellent production values and excellent camera work for the fraction of a cost. You don't have to fly over there, for crying out loud, unless you're listening from London. Well, it doesn't make any difference. But all you have to do is drive down to your local movie theater, pay $10, $20, $25, whatever that movie theater happens to be charging, and you get to see some of the best theater in the world. It's a (laughs) no-brainer. I hate that statement. It's a no-brainer. And I just used it. So that's it for this week's folks. Uh... We have An American in Paris on tour. The Broadway Touring Company. Great old-fashioned musical with great dancing, great singing, a great book. Excellent acting. Go see it. I saw it at the Orpheum Theater in San Francisco. Maybe it's visiting your city. And Yerma playing at a theater near you. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed My podcast now on its own, no more wave radio, just me, my microphone, my little uh, office here with my little makeshift sound studio and my big old computer screens and my super powerful computer that I built myself and that's show business. There's no business like show business like no business. Let's do a little Ethel Merman. I know. All right, that's enough for today. Have a great week. And until next week, unless I decide to do a podcast in between, and until next week, I will see you
1: on the boards.